Hey everybody, Justin White here, and you're about to listen to episode 21 of Power Forward. Our guests are Justin DeJoseph and Chris Pell from Garden State Home Loans. Justin and Chris have known each other since they were kids, and now they're leaders at one of the most successful broker shops in the country. You'll find out how they balance being friends and business partners. Both Justin and Chris are survivors of the housing crash of 2008. You'll learn how they changed their business model for the better after the crash and haven't looked back since. Justin and Chris also played high school football together. They'll talk about their love of in-game adjustments, both in sports and business. It all comes your way right now on Power Forward. The primary purpose of this podcast series is to inform, entertain, and educate. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast series do not constitute legal or other professional advice, opinions, or endorsements of any kind. This is Power Forward. All right, welcome back to Power Forward. Justin White alongside Mateen Cleaves. Mateen, what is good, my friend? Oh, yes, Justin. Just living a dream, and please don't wake me up. Oh, thank you so much for bringing that in. I appreciate it, as always. Uh, before we jump in, Mateen, I, I want to ask you uh, about this, and we've actually talked about this on the podcast before. You've talked about it. Being on a team or being in a business with people you're friends with, you know, it's, mm. it's kind of an interesting dichotomy. You know, when you're, when you're on a team, or you're at work, you're obviously not going to like every single person you're with, but there are going to be certain people that you're friends with. So in your experience, how do you approach a situation like that where you're working with somebody who you're close with? Well, I think the the unique thing about that, when you're working with somebody that you know, usually you guys are sharing the same common goals. So if one of you guys have to coach the other one up or so something like that, they don't take it personal. You know, I remember playing with good friends and, you know, Sometimes I would have to get on those guys. And if they got on me, vice versa, we never took it personal because we always share one common goal. Yeah, see, it's, it's personal, but it's also business, oh, right? Yeah. That's why you didn't take it personal. That's right. You want to win. You know, we're here to win. And I know if he's coaching me up or pushing me to go to the next level, why do you take that personal? At the end of the day, we're just trying to win. Yeah, and, and I think you're right. You know, it's important to, to be on a team with people who have similar goals, a similar vision. And that makes it easier if you are in a situation where you become friendly with somebody um, and you have that close relationship. You can both kind of see through that and know that there's there's the bigger picture at stake. Right, yeah. And, and, and it's funny now, too, because I work with Matt. You know, I've been knowing Matt over 20-odd years. And it's funny some of the conversations we have. But like I said, sometimes if he have to coach me up, I don't take it personal because at the end of the day, we both know that we're just trying to win at the end of the day. And just to clarify, that is Matt Ishbia, Matt our Ishbia. president and CEO. For those, yeah. for those that may he's not He's still know. my little brother, by the way. <laughs> oh, he's, not, he's my CEO, but he's still my little brother. I hope he's not listening. <laughs> um, let's bring in our guests, though, because th- they, they have a firsthand experience with oh, this yeah. particular oh, topic. Yeah. We are pleased to be joined by Justin DeJoseph and Chris Pell, from Garden State Home Loans in New Jersey. Guys, welcome to Power Forward. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Great to have you here. And uh, let's just jump right in. You guys have known each other since kindergarten. You've been friends mm-hmm. essentially your entire lives, hmm. and now you work together. What What is that like? Okay. 
Well, uh, to me, it's great. Like you said, it, we do have, we share the same goals. Um, and the biggest thing for me, besides all of that, is trust. I know I know him. When you go through all of your life experiences together, and knowing that he's got my back and vice versa, I think at the end of the day, it makes it all worthwhile. It, it helps us grow our team there and um, lead by example, knowing that we have the same goals in mind. Yeah, and that, that's what it is. We have you have certain same goals. And nothing's personal, right? Just because we grew up together, known each other, live in the same town as each other, live half a mile from each other. Um, nothing's personal. It's business, right? And he knows that every day I'm coming into work, I'm coming into work, right? Same deal with him. I know when he's coming in, he's coming into work. Well, well, let me ask this, because you guys have known each other, I mean, from little tykes. I mean, practically brothers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we laughed and joked about it, some, but somewhat, but... You do, as a brothers, brothers fight. Yeah. <laughs> you know, brother, not, I won't say fight might not be the right word, or disagree or something like yeah. that. So go ahead. Technically, yes. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you're me, you want to argue and fight with me. Yes. The biggest reason I love this guy is he does not fight. He does okay. not argue. In 17 years working together, maybe two times where. He's responded to me in a way where I knew he was pissed and I gotta stop. <laughs> That's how even Tony is. Yeah. Okay, I'm like, all right, I crossed the line here. I got yeah. it. I'm done. Yeah. As, as this business is gonna be very stressful, right? So, yeah. so my my thing is I lead my team and and I have to lead by example, right? Right. And try and be even keel. But yeah, sometimes this guy over here can teeter me a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, we're 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 opposites, right? So like he's sales and I'm operations, and you sometimes get that butting of the heads, right? He thinks one way and I think a different way. And we're to the point now, right? It's, it's coming back to that goal of like, yes, we want to take this company to this level, right? So we have to work together. And we have to be honest with each other, right? So he says he has an idea and he says, yeah, no, that would work, right? Or I have an idea and he said, yeah, that could work or this can't work, right? So that, that's kind of like the way it is. But yeah, I mean, he'll, he'll teeter me sometimes. <laughs> but, <laughs> but less arguing than it would be with other friends. Right. Yes. Okay. Yes. And yes. that's because of his personality, because of the way he carries himself yeah. every day. Just like he can fast mm. like he's doing, yeah. and three years, you know nothing, well, same thing. And you need that balance sometimes. You, do, you don't want every, if you were just the same, you know, yeah. Yeah. Oh, you get that might wouldn't it's, work. It no. would not work. No. Yeah. It, no. It's the same thing with your spouse, right? You, yeah. If yeah. you were the exact same, that would make it boring. You got to have those things that balance it out, the yin and the yang. Yes, yep. that exactly. is correct. Yep. Um, so, so obviously you guys are in the mortgage industry working at Garden State Home Loans. Um, and, you know, uh, the old joke is nobody, you know, grows up saying they want to be a mortgage broker or be, work in the mortgage industry. <laughs> um, and yet you guys did grow up together. And, and somehow you both did end up uh, working in this business. Uh, for our listeners, give them some background on, on each of you and, and how you uh, took the path that, that landed you uh, working at Garden State. Well, I, uh, I had a face of reality and, and, you know, go to college or start working. Um, my dad's a union plumber, so I was like, I don't want to start working yet. So I went to community college for two years, worked my way through there, delivering furniture. I, uh, I then transferred to LaSalle University and... Good While, school, by the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Finance major, thinking I'm going to sell stocks, I'm going to do this, I'm going to, you know, do all that great stuff. Um, I needed to work. So when I started going there, I, I got a job selling mortgages uh, right in the in South Jersey. So it's right over the bridge. So I was working, going to school, and it's kind of, I was pretty good at it. I was good at sales. You know, a lot of what sales is working hard. So if you're willing to outwork the next person, then you can win. You don't, you don't always have to be the best talker, um, or, or know the most it's who's willing to put the time in. Um, so that's what I did. And when I graduated, I was 
sitting there going, well, I'm already working almost two years. I'm going to stick with it. And that's how I became in the mortgage industry, and he followed right behind me. <laughs> and, and Chris, you you have a, a bit of a different background than mm-hmm. Justin. You actually thought you were on the path to working in the medical field. Yes. So I actually have a science uh, degree, biology to be exact. So after I had graduated uh, college, I wanted to go into medical sales. Right? I was actually doing some uh, internships at a local hospital, being able in the physical therapy department, and then also being able to sit in on operating rooms. So I've seen like knee replacements, spinal fusions, all that stuff. Whoa. So I was like, this stuff's great, right? I love it. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, they're selling. And then there was a, happened to be a guy in there that worked for a medical company um, selling the knee replacements, the actual knee that goes in. And I was like, perfect. I was like, you get to see this. You get to do sales. I was like, great. So I applied for jobs. I got interviews, but it was always like, well, you don't have any sales experience. Well, I just spent four years in college with lab. I didn't really have time to go out and get a sales job. So at the time I was working um, at a local gym and there was a mortgage guy in there. He's like, well, just come work with me. He's like, you know, this was like when everyone, this was like 2003 and everyone was, mortgage just really started getting a name. And I was like, all right. He's like, we'll pay $25,000 a year plus commission. I was like, I was making seven fifty an hour. I'm like, Sold. <laughs> Sign me up. Like, I'll give it six months to a year, and then I'll just get my sales experience, and I'll leave, and I'll go back and do what I want to do. And, you know, now it's been, what, 16 years? Almost 17 years in the industry. Um, so, yeah, the first four years of my career were sales, and now I've been in operations for the past 12. Um, and that's where I really belong on the operations side of it. Uh, I learned a lot from from being in sales, and I think it kind of gives me a perspective working in operations and knowing how sales work. Because sometimes people just work in operations, they don't really know how tough it is to be in sales and the certain psychology behind it and getting people to go do business with you and how important the little things are. Um, but yeah, that's how, you know, still here. Man, wow, what, what, what a story. <laughs> Justin, you, you hit on something that caught my attention. You said work hard. And, <laughs> you know, from an ex-athlete, and I'm, you guys are athletes as well, um, like, is, is that something that you learn from sports? Because I know it helped me in my run. You know, I revert back to my sports days, and that definitely helps me now in the mortgage industry. 100%. And you could go to Lifetime Gym, and every guy in that league's going to say, that guy works harder than everybody, <laughs> because that's, that's what I'm known for. Right, Because right. if I'm not better than you at something, I'm just going to have to work harder. Right. You know, and I think that I did gain that from playing competitive sports mm-hmm. with our friends growing up. We played football together, baseball, all, you know, our whole life. That was some of the best times of your life. And that's when you're competing and everybody wants to, to be the best. And um, I think it, it, it taught me a lot. It taught me a lot about winning, losing and, you know, just knowing that when you put hard work in, good things will happen. Yeah, and, and I think sometimes people overthink this. It's yeah. like, you know, how do you become successful? Well, you work harder than people. That's it. I work the, the, the next person. Be willing to do what other people are not. And mm-hmm. that's, it, it's, it's no secret. It's, it, we make it too complicated at times. Simplify. <laughs> it's simple. Well, we were, we were talking the other day on the, on the phone, you know, before we recorded, and we were talking about running. And I'm a runner myself. And, you know, when I take a step back and think about why I like it besides I like to exercise, I like the fact that you can't hide out there when you run. You know, what you put into it is exactly what you're going to get out of it. You know, the training you put in for a race is exactly how it's going to go on race day. You know, there's no secret to it. You work hard, you're going to see results. If you don't, you're not going to get results. So 
great point, Mateen. You know, especially when it comes to sports. You know, and, and a lot of our a lot of our guests have a sports background, and it seems like it's really no coincidence. You know, for people who have been involved in athletics or currently play a sport or even just exercise, a lot of the things that you learn through sports are applicable to success in the business world. And Chris, you talked about it too. You were you were a, a trainer at one point. Yeah, and then mainly with me, it's like I I draw a lot. My favorite sport was football, and I played in the college and all. And what it taught me about is making in-game adjustments, right? Because you have a game plan, right? So you think you're going into take loans, for instance, from an operational side. You think a loan's going to go this way. Well, it doesn't always go that way. So you have to be able to make an adjustment, right? And some of the best teams that play football right now, their coaches are the best because they're the best at making in-game adjustments, whether it's Series in between series, in between quarters, in between halves. Um, that's where I kind of like to dwelling. Like you got to be able to make those type of adjustments. You got to be. You got to be able to adapt. I love. Yeah. I love the fact that you said that. I remember uh, being at Michigan State, and people forget. You know, when I got to Michigan State, it was Coach Izzo's second year. So he would, and we all did, would struggle making in-game adjustments. Yeah. You know, we would go after the game and watch game film and say, oh, man, we should have done that. Mm. We should have done that. But when we made that biggest jump to the next level, to national prominence, it was when we were able to start making in-game adjustments yes. and being able to adapt and adjust on the fly. Mm-hmm. Another, another interesting um, part of, of your guys' story is that you've been in the business, you've been in the mortgage industry since before the, the crash happened in 2008. And it's interesting that you told me you changed your business model after that. You know, you, you guys kind of saw the whole landscape and what was changing and how things were playing out. And you had a very specific vision in mind, but you were patient too. You didn't just go right after. You had to kind of bide your time. Tell us about that and how you guys kind of really centered in on what was going to be the path forward for you after the, the, the events in 08. Well, after the crash, I mean, it was quick and, you know, never experienced anything like that and seeing a couple little ups and downs in the industry uh, to see it taken away. And it it felt like a day. I mean, it was Mm -hmm. the mortgage inflow meter of banks going down and products going away. You went from 100 percent financing with a negative amortization loans to 20 percent down. So all of a sudden it was just gone. Every big bank you worked with, out of business, going here. Um, so there wasn't much left. But what happened was, and this is kind of my biggest thing that I do, is I, I stick things out for a long time. Because um, uh, I'm a believer that, you know, things, good things will happen. Um, and a lot of people got out. There was so many loan originators that, that just bailed because it was hard. And there wasn't money to be made. I remember uh, talking to my wife about, like, wow, it's really bad out there right now. My employees are making more than I am. You know, but I, you want to keep them, you right, know. Right. Um, but we found our way. I mean, we 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 started to uh, go into niche products, jumbo financing. There was a, a lender out of North Jersey called Hudson City Savings Bank, and they had a really great product, and they lent in the states that we happened to be licensed in. The three of them. Um, so we took that product because they really they had it, but they didn't know how to advertise it. So we did, and we just we found ways to market those leads and. And for almost two years, that's, that's all we did was jumbo mm-hmm. business. Um, while everybody else wasn't lending, they were. Uh, we established a, ourselves as their biggest broker that they worked with. Um, and that parlayed us to when things opened up again, and we were there for the taking. So now everybody's jumping back in, but we were already right there. And now we're, we're already ahead of them. And um, I think that's, that's what got us through. And then just 
everybody working together to keep it going because it was tough at a lot of different times. Yeah, there was a lot of tough times. And like, like Justin a lot said, of eighteen-hour days. <laughs> a lot of people exited the business at the time, but it also got a lot of people that weren't on the up and up in the industry out. Right, it got rid of those people, so they're gone now, and we kind of just waited our time. Yeah, the education helped. Us. All that, yeah. all those background checks, yeah. every every <laughs> every regulatory change actually helped us because right. it got rid of the people that were lying, cheating, and stealing, yeah. and people going to closing. Yeah. Now they right, and, you to meet yeah, certain you, you can even tie it back to sports. It's that mental grind, right? There's a physical physicality to sports, but there's also the mental grind of it. When Most people aren't quit. going your way, and things are tough, right? Do you check out? No, you buckle down harder. You're like, you're going to see this through, right? Yeah. right. And that's that, my biggest problem. I don't know how to give up on anything. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I was going to ask. Kind of where did that come from? Because, like, a lot of people would have run, you know, yeah. got out of there. And you you made it seem so simple. And, I, <laughs> and I'm sure it wasn't that easy, you know, when you're just sitting there and things are going haywire. And you you don't know what's the, what the next day is going to look like, you know. So what was that about? That was tough. I mean, I think it was one of the best experiences, though, coming out on the other end. But going mm-hmm. through that, I remember those conversations with my wife, talking to her, like, and she was like, just keep going. If you believe in it, keep going, you know? And um, we did. And it was tough. It was so tough. It was. Mm-hmm. Most people quit. That's what happened, yeah, you know? Yeah. And then, you know, uh, one of the biggest things I believe in is just, is just being available, being ready to go, and, and never giving never giving in because it will happen eventually. Uh, the industry came back, and from there we've we've just continued to you know learn from every bad experience, mm-hmm. make it better. We still go through our ups and downs. Hiring people, uh, every type of expansion you try to do, you're going to fail a little bit, but those failures are a little less, and you learn from it, and you get better, and you get better. Um, so that that's to me, it was that was. I'll, I'll, I'll never forget how bad it was. And, and I shouldn't say this, but I have to say it because I have a ton of respect for this guy, but the late, great Bo Schembechler. You know, I'm a Michigan mm-hmm. State guy, but I, I shouldn't say this, but my high school coach played football for him, and he had a saying, those who stay will be champions. Mm-hmm. And Good I saying. Mean, that's a perfect yeah. example of it. Put that on the wall. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. But I at least got to give you an Izzo quote. <laughs> Put Izzo up there with him as well. <laughs> got to ask you guys, you know, just about the, the nature of what it is you do every day and, you know, helping people achieve the, the dream of home ownership and getting them a mortgage and, you know, guiding them through that process, which, you know, we all know can be overwhelming for somebody who's never been through it before. When you think about what it is you guys do for a living, you know, and doing good for people out there, what, what does that mean to you, Chris? Well, for us, you know, we're all about the customer experience, right? That's our big thing. But where I kind of look at it is I give my employees the best experience, right? Because that translates to the customer, right? So if my employee's happy, it goes to the customer, right? Uh, so that's kind of where we set up our internal processes to make sure our employees are set up for success. Because if they're set up for success, my clients are set up for success. Kind of a trickle-down effect to it that way. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we talk like home ownership, right? I always quote it. It's a cliche thing, but it's the American dream, right? Yeah. And we do a lot of first-time home buyers, And people, you know, you give them that great experience. They send you somebody else. They send you someone else, someone they're working with, another family member. And it just, you know, exponential growth from there. Um, but yeah, I mean, it really is the American dream. Yeah. What, 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 let me let me see. What, but wait, 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 wait. Because when people people get in this energy to make money, like <laughs> oh no, I get in the mortgage industry. I want money, 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 money. <laughs> but yet, you guys approach is totally different than that. It's like the people first, mm-hmm. and what a coincidence. Usually, when you do right by people, the money will follow. It does. Yes. Then that that you know, if you take care of people, you do right by people. Good things will happen, you know. And you lead by example. Chris yeah. is the best leader you could see. He's 
the most consistent person. You, the, you're talking about the fasting, his email structure from 4.30 a.m. to 7.30. <laughs> then he's in the office. Then he's in, and, and he'll never tell anybody, oh, I did that for you. He just does it. He just, uh-huh. he, and so everybody that works underneath him respects him because yeah. he's never looking for attention. Yeah, he's I don't, always I don't doing. consider myself above anyone else in my company, right? So even, I, whatever, I have my job title, right, COO, but I don't say, well, I'm the CEO of the company. I don't need to do that. Well, you know, if it's 7.30 in the morning and it needs to get done and I know my employee is not in by 8.30, I'll do it. Mm. I'll get it done. Sounds like a guy I know. Yeah, I, 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 I think I know what you're talking about. We may have mentioned him earlier. Um, Chris, Chris, I know that you're, you're the process guy. You know, you're on the operation side. And Justin, you, you said you talked about some of your experience in sales. What you guys do, you know, this is a, a sales business. You know, you got to be out there selling not just your business, but also yourselves. When you guys think about your strategy in this game and being effective as a salesperson, what are some of the things that come to mind for you? And, and maybe what are some of the things that you tell other people when they approach you and say, you guys are so successful in this business. How do you do it? What, what are the things you tell them? I, I tell all my sales guys, um, the, the ones that I try mentoring to try to help, um, you know, what, what separated you. I, and I, I just keep it, keep it honest with them. I worked hard. I was consistent every day. It was it was it was my goal. I wanted to be the top salesman on a fifty salesman floor. So how do you do that? Seven days a week. That was my decision. I gave up other things. I wanted to be the best. I got there. You know what I mean? It wasn't because I was smarter or anything else. And then just just being consistent. I, our top loan officer, uh, she's number one in our company every month, almost doubling everybody's numbers. And the reason mm-hmm. being is. She's consistent. She does the same thing every day. And she loves work. She loves sales. And that's her job. And I tell all the young guys we have in our office, watch what she does. This is what she does. She has a great life. She, she goes and does things, but she's very, very consistent. And um, the, the day you could do that and you really make it a career, that's when you could be successful. And just being available. Pick up your phone. I'm coaching. I'm picking up my phone. Don't matter who it is, you know. Uh, hold on a second. I'm in the middle of the softball field. You know what I mean? <laughs> and uh, you know, I, you, you, there's no time off. And that's the that's what I think that people don't understand that to be successful, to be at the top, you have to give up. You have to, you know. It, there's no nine to five. It's it's a lifestyle, and you make that lifestyle work. You know, um, but that that's that's what I try to mentor to the guys that that work for me. They've been around me. Um, I lead by example. I help them every day, um, and we're, we're, I'm in the office first, mm-hmm. leaving last. That, that's just how it has to be. So, so let me ask this question, either for either one of you guys, like especially for sales. One of the biggest adjustments I, I see young salesmen having to do is um, adjust to rejection. You know, it's like, how do you handle rejection oh, people? I hate that. I remember the first two weeks I had to do sales. I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to call anybody. I don't want to tell me to go away. Right. Nothing. Yeah. So, yeah, I asked that question because I, I see I see it sometime. And some of the younger salesmen, it's like you can just see the look on their face. But I see some of the tenure salesmen, they like kind of like laugh. Like, okay, I, I remember that look. You're like, come here, young fella. Let me show you. You yep. know, life is not over. You'll be able to get through it. it, it exactly. Um, you're going to have to go through that because nobody gets to the top of anything without going through failures and learning. Sales is a sport. I mean, the more knowledge you can 
understand in this game, the more that you could talk to every person, sound knowledgeable, and get more business. But you have to learn it. It takes time. Uh, I have a guy that's been with me for you know two and a half years. He's starting to accelerate because it did take him. To, he was he was trying to rush it. I'm like you, you can't rush all this stuff. You got to understand it. You got to be able to talk about it. Know what they're talking about because the more you're confident in what you're doing, the more that they're going to feel that that you're the guy. Yeah. You know. Um, but I'm starting to see him finally make strides because. You have to go through all these experiences to learn about it. You can't go win a, a, a national championship without going through tough, tight games right. before losing them. You know what I mean? You got right, you, right. you you got to know what that feels like. You got to know that pressure. You got to know you can take it. So, Justin, you, you talk about you know failure being uh, kind of an inherent part of the sales business, and I'm glad you brought that up to to piggyback off that thought, Chris. You said that some of your best processes mm-hmm. have resulted from your biggest failures. Yeah. Now, I want you to expound on that, but you know, think about that for a second because to me that means you guys are not afraid to change things up. You're not no. afraid, afraid to take risks. But but dive into that for us, if you will, and tell us why that has been the case for your company. And I think one of the reasons why we're, we've been successful is yeah, we're not afraid to fail, right? We failed a million times as a company, right? But yeah, as I said before, and I, I say it a lot, some of our best successes are results of our failures. So a process is procedures, right? We put something in place, I think it's going to work, right? I'm like, this is no doubt, right? It's working, it's working. And then something happens, right? Because you, you don't foresee, right? The unknown comes up. And you're like, oh, I didn't see that coming. And you're like, but if I fix this, that won't happen again. And you know what? It's probably going to make everything else better. It's going to make that much easier. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's trying it. It's, it's, you know what? It's a science background because science is trial and error. That's all it is. Like you spend all those hours in labs. You're not, you're not, the reason you're spending so much time in there is because things are failing and you're trying to get to the end result, right? You have point A and you have point Z and you're trying to get there and you're failing in between, right? And then you're thinking about, okay, how can I fix it? If I do this, I do that, that won't occur again. And then boom, before you know it, you finally get the Z. Um, so that's what it is. It's just trial and error. I'm glad you said that because it's it's nothing wrong with failure. No. What did you learn from it? Yeah. You know, it's something to gain because, okay, now I know don't do that again. You yeah. know, that didn't work. <laughs> now we have to make adjustments. I always say this saying all the time, and I'm going to say it again because <laughs> it's the perfect time. Your will to win must be greater than your fear of losing. Mm-hmm. And see, people, a lot of people won't set goals because they're afraid of not reaching them. Yep. But I say go for it because if you don't get it, now it's a teaching moment. Now it's a self-evaluation. Now I look back in the mirror, okay, what did we do wrong? What? How can we change this? How can we make this right? Exactly. But losing, and, and that comes from sports, you know, losing, having to get back up and, yeah. you know, all that kind of stuff and knowing how to deal with adversity. But it's nothing wrong with failure. You make no. an adjustment and you keep going. Yeah, and sometimes, like, things that were successful are no longer successful anymore. Like, that process doesn't work anymore. Okay, <laughs> great. Let's tweak it. Let's maybe trash the whole thing and come up with something different. Like, yeah. And I live by losing hurts more than winning feels good. Yeah. yeah. Honestly. You, know, yeah. you win, you just think about winning. You're just winning. It doesn't matter. You're not even, you're not, you're not dwelling on it. But you lose, you're like, wait, how did we, how did we lose that? How yeah. do we, how do we get that back? How do we get better? You get everybody's yeah. attention. Yeah. You're like, wait a minute. Own. I yeah. think about it forever. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> Dwell on it. And, and like, we don't like, you know, we win, I just move on. Like, oh right, yeah, I expected right? that. Right. You know? And we don't finger point. We're not like someone at a company like, you're the reason we failed. It's always comes back to us. It's like, okay, well, we set this, we set the tone, right? So it's like, okay, this process we developed no longer is working or is failing. Me and Justin have to collaborate. How do we make this better now, right? Not that employee's got to tell me how we can get it better. That that's the employee. That one employee is the reason why it's not working. No, it's not. 
it's a failure. Well, well, to, to fail means you're taking risks, as we just talked about. And taking risks means that you guys are constantly evaluating what it is you're doing. How you know you guys are having success. I mean, make, make no mistake. As much as we've talked about failing, failing the last couple of minutes, you guys are doing really, really well. So, how do you approach that process of evaluating your processes, evaluating what you're doing as a business? How how do you guys both collectively come together and and look at that? From from my standpoint, I, I use this term a lot too. I call I live in the environment, so. I sit with my team, right? So I'm at the end of the end of the desk row, and then I got a team here and a team there. But I do their jobs. I'll do a pre-underwriter a file, or I'll do a process a file, or I'll do a closing on a file, because it allows me to see what is going on, right? Is this process that I come up with is it really working still, or does it need to be tweaked? Or I'm starting like, I, as I do it, I'm like, you know what, this thing keeps reoccurring. Like we can fix this, or oh, that changed, you know, that lender changed this process, and now that process for me doesn't work anymore, so let's tweak it, let's fix it. But yeah, I'll do the job. Like I'll just pull a file out of the queue, and I'll work the file. And sometimes I'll work it from beginning to end. And just and never and says just, a word. Yeah, and I'll just, it's my test. It's like a test case. It's like, okay, is this still working? And I'll do it weekly, sometimes every two weeks, three weeks, right? And that's how I, that's how I learn on it. I don't fully rely on my team to come to me and say that something is not working because some, most they're scared to don't yeah. say anything. Yeah. They won't. Yeah. Um, we, we want collaboration, but yeah, a lot yeah. of times they, they, they don't want to say the wrong thing. Yeah. Or, and you're like, just say it. Like, I, we don't take offense and, to it. A lot of it ties to like self awareness, right? So I think it's, it's, a lot of people talk about it, but it's hard for people to be self-aware, right? What are my strengths? What are my weaknesses? Everyone has strengths and weaknesses. Nobody's perfect, right? So I ask some of my employees to be self-aware. Like, if you're overloaded, come tell me. I don't look at that as a negative. I look at it as, okay, great. You told me now my customer service level is not going to fall off because if you don't say anything to me, I'm going to keep giving you more. And all of a sudden your customer service level falls off, right? So it's like, okay, now I know that person's threshold. Now we look at how do I increase that threshold at some point like what can i change in their process like what can i make them more efficient right um but yeah and then i look at it as for me being self-aware of my employees like being knowledgeable of their workloads of what they can handle what their strengths are and trying to put people in position to play to their strengths right i don't need everyone to check the boxes right because everyone sometimes wants to check all the boxes right then you begin to dilute yourself, right? So now you're, you're, you're playing, you're mixing in your strengths and your weaknesses, and now you're really not as efficient or as good as you can be, right? So let's play to your strengths. It's like, it's like a sports analogy, right? I mean, on, on a football team, you need guys that can rush the passer. Mm-hmm. You need guys that can drop back in coverage. You need guys that can run the ball. You need guys that can catch the ball. I mean, if everybody tried to do everything well, where would that leave the team? Yeah. Right. You gotta yeah. have specialists, I guess is yes. what I'm saying. Yep. And you can't leave without knowing everything your company does. And I think I learned that from Matt a long time ago. I've always been in the weeds, but like he would go and do every job. And I think that's huge because I can't expect somebody to do something that I can't do or understand what they're doing. Um, and I think that was one thing that always stuck with me that I, I, I respected about him doing that because how do you lead a huge company without knowing what everybody here is doing right. and what their purpose is and how that ties in to your product at the end? You got to get in the weeds, man. got to, man. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> now you can relate. Yes. You can relate to them when they're, when, they're, when they're doing a certain job. Now, let me ask you guys just because I've been around certain leaders and they think, okay, well, well, I keep telling them to do it this way or that way, and they're not listening, or this guy don't want it. What I've noticed from great leaders is they kind of know a certain approach to take with 
every person, you know, exactly. different people, you know, yeah. everybody's different, you know. So it's like as a leader, well, I keep telling him to do this and he just don't want it. You know, he don't want to be successful. But what I've noticed and what I'm taking from you guys and I love it. That's why I'm getting excited is you guys, you kind of know how to approach every different person on your team Mm because it's a different way you got to approach each one. Yeah, I think that's one of my biggest traits as a leader is Mm -hmm. understanding everybody. I know everybody in my company. We're we're a lot smaller than this place. So, Mm -hmm. But Matt was there at one point too where I know everybody's strengths and weaknesses. I actually am generally friendly with everybody in my company. So I know what they bring to the table. I know some are better with emails, some are better with calls. So yeah, I do. You, You have to cater it to them. Nobody's in sales is going to have to do one way, you know. I know somebody that's super diligent on emails and consistent. I'll teach them that way. Hey, this is how you can follow people all the time. Somebody that's better on the phone, you should be on the phone more. You know, yeah. you got you got to you got to cater to to what you know what they're good at. If you're very unorganized, here's how you got to get organized. Here's a daily planner. I used to write in this daily planner every day. I knew everything going on. Everybody else is doing everything on that. Nope, I wrote it down. So <laughs> I didn't miss anything. You right. know, some people are just, you, you got to, you, you, like he said, it's not out of the box. Mm-hmm. Every Everybody does things differently. How do you get them to do it the best? Well, we know you both put in the time. You know, Justin, you're the, the president and CEO. Chris, you're the COO. Uh, we know it didn't happen by accident, you know, your, your success. But you're also both family men. You both have kids. Mm-hmm. That's important. You have four? Three. And you have three, Chris. So that's obviously a big part of your life as well. How, how do you balance um, your, your business and then also your families? Uh, it's tough, you know, especially during the week. Um, I have a great wife. She's, she's at home taking care of the kids. Um, compliments, like you said, you have your yin and your yang. That she's, she compliments what I'm doing and what she's doing. Um, and, you know, you, you make time. I guess the way I look at it is when I am home with them, I'm doing things. We're, I'm present. We are grinding outside. If it's 40 degrees or above, we're outside, all of us. You know, <laughs> we're doing something. Or I'm coaching. Um, you know, you I coach love, your kids. I do. No, I got to ask this Because I coach my son. We can talk forever about this. Yeah. Yeah. What type of coach are you, though? Like, because oh. I had to find that balance. It's like, I want to push myself, but I had to, like, know uh, when to pull back. Yeah, that's where I'm still trying to work out. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's, it's, you learn, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but I do, my wife would say, I do push them. But I push them positively. Like, I might be hard on them, but I'm also very loving to them. Yeah. And I put a lot of time into it. I don't expect them to do more than they can do. And I think that's kind of what I take in life. Like, I know what their ceiling is. So I'm not expecting my daughter or my son to do certain things that they're not capable of doing. I'm just telling them, hey, we're here. I'm here. You're putting the time and I'm. You got to give it 100. Right. You got to you got to go all in. You got to be fearless because it's what's making you as a person as you get older. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yeah, you might not be in the WNBA or you might not be uh, playing professional baseball, but this is going to make your character. It's yes. going to give you, uh, you know, they're the, my kids are good athletes. They're good leaders. They're good people, and that's what I look at. I um, I always make sure that they are the best teammates, and if they're not. I let them know it, you know, because that's a big deal because that's part of leading in life, you know, I I think. And, you know, you get challenged a little bit. Uh, I'll I'll challenge them a little bit. But I have I've gotten, 
you know, real tough at times and then pulled it back. And now I'm like right in the middle. But you got to. Like, there's a, there's a fine line. Yep, it's a fine line. And I, I, I give you some advice somebody gave me. It's a guy named Rick Brunson. He, his son was Jalen Brunson. Yeah, he goes Billy to the Lifetime Gym where I, where I got yes, there. Yes, Rick. Go. I played with Rick in Seattle. Okay. Seattle Super Sonics. Right. Son, I called him. I said, you got to give me something, man, because <laughs> I think I'm too hard on myself. <laughs> I said, I got to find the baddest because you raised the pro. I'm trying to do the same. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He says, you know, he said, coach him up hard, challenge him. He said, but when you leave the gym, leave it there. And he said, and I said, thank you, because yeah. I needed that. Because I would ride home in the yeah. car. Man, you should have got back on the <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would be yeah. touching yeah, him me in too. that <laughs> night. <laughs> Talking about it. Yeah. You didn't play hard enough. So that was great advice. Yeah. Hopefully it, it'll help you. No, that's, that, that's really good advice. Because <laughs> you do need to coach them up and be yeah. hard. Because why not? This is why we're here. You only get one life to live. Like, you know, and, and expect what you know they're capable of. Yeah. It's not like, you know, a lot of these parents out there these days are not aware of what their kids are capable of or are living through them. Right. Me, I'm right. trying to teach them, hey, you want to do this? Do it to the best you that's can. Right. And that's the biggest. Chris, what about, what about you? You know, how, how do you approach the, the work-life balance? Uh, what, yeah, what, what makes it work for you? It's tough. So, you know, as Justin said, the biggest thing is when I'm home, I try to be as present as I can be, right? Not be distracted by work or anything else I have going on. Um, I've pretty much got my schedule, like, daily down, like, Monday through Friday, down to, like, science. I'm like no surprise. a, a creature yeah. of habit, right? <laughs> so I, I get up at 4 every day. I work, answer emails till about 7.30, and the kids start getting up. You know, I make breakfast, help them get on the bus, and then I'm to the gym. I'll work out for a little bit, and I'll hit the office, and I'm home by you know 6 o'clock or so. He's really good at making me feel bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I hit the gym for me. It's like the mental grind, right? Like yeah. that grit, like trying to put myself in yeah. some, some uncomfortable situations. Because, you know, I'm older now, and I don't have to lift like that anymore. But... It's easy for me like to stare at the weight and just be like, nah, today's not the day. I'm just going to leave. <laughs> yeah, but right. I make myself do it. And then after you're done, you feel so much better that you did it. Yeah. And let me ask you guys just because for me coming from a sports background, I got to adapt it to structure. Mm -hmm. And I kind of found out that I needed structure. Mm -hmm. If I didn't have structure in my life, I would be all over the yeah. place. Is that something that, that works for you guys? Yeah, it's the same thing with me. Like, you know, at work, like, I need structure, too. Like, I need my day to go certain way. It doesn't have to be the same thing, but I need to be working because, like, if things get slower or something like that, I start getting off track and I'm not as efficient or focused as I need to be. Yeah, I need that structure. Like, it makes me way more efficient, way more attentive to stuff. Well, one thing you both said, you know, on the family note, to kind of put a bow on that, that really um, kind of struck a chord with me was be present. And that's, I think that's something that's so important right now, especially because of technology and because mm -hmm. of our phones, like you said. And Justin, you said it, you know, you're always available for your clients. So it's, it's hard, right? It is hard to be present um, when, you, when you leave work and you go home to be with the kids. You want to you wanna spend time with them while they're awake if they're, if they're young like mine are. It's hard to separate um, and, and to be present. You know, how, how, do you, how do you approach that, especially in a business like yours where, where like you said, availability is, is such a huge piece of it? I'll be honest with you, a couple nights a week, I might not see them before they go to bed because I'm working and, and I try to, that's why when I am there with them on the weekends or on Friday nights, I am all in trying to, trying to do whatever I can because, you know, I have friends that are at home, work from home, they're around their kids all the time. 
they might be around them more, but they're not doing more, you know? And that's what I feel like they're going to get out of it. They're going to understand, like, hey, he's here. Let's have fun. You know, let's do something. Um, but, yeah, it's tough. It really is. And as they're getting older, you know, you start to coach, and then that takes away from this one and this one. And then the worst part is you have your wife who does everything, and they, they get the least amount of you. Um, but I believe that'll turn around, you know, uh, one day. And um, yeah, I'm just blessed to have such a great wife to be able to do that. As you guys um – you know, think think about all that you've achieved. You know, and, and, and including the uh, the obstacles you've overcome. We talked about you know the crash and the resilience that you both show by sticking it out and staying in the business. When you reflect back on, on what you've done in your careers, and obviously you still got a ways to go. You're not you're not going to retire um, oh, tomorrow. I, I, I actually had that conversation the other day. I don't know what people talk about when they're going to retire. I don't know what I would do. <laughs> like, I, there's not enough. I, I, I have to go do something five days a week or it wouldn't Get even work it. around the house. It'd be yeah. crazy. I was sitting on the plane here on the way over here and I'm like sitting there and I'm like, I'm going to do it. I'm like, look at my watch. Are we going to get there? Is yet that, or what? that structure, like, right? Yeah. No, but, like, but, but as you do, you know, right. I know, I, I know what you mean. Uh, but, but as you do, like take a step back and kind of reflect yeah. a little bit, if you will, what, what, what thoughts come to mind, you know, about what you've done in your careers? You both said that you kind of ended up in this business almost by accident, but it almost seemed like it was meant to be. And then it all comes full circle. You grew up together, you're best friends, and now you're working together. What are, what are the thoughts that come to mind reflecting back? For me, that's one of my biggest issues that I have in life is I'm, I don't take enough time to reflect on the positives. Like I was saying, the, the, when you're always just trying to do something else, so challenge yourself. And um, we had our company party last Friday, mm-hmm. and it was there that it, somebody said to me that doesn't work for me. He's outside consultant, but he was there. And he looked over and he's like, look, look at this, man. Look how great this is. You have all these people here. They're so happy to work for you. And what a great company. And you have great leaders. I'm like, yeah, you're right. Like, it ne- it, I never thought, think of it like that, you know, and it is, it's, we've come so far mm-hmm. that, you know, me and him will sit around sometimes and just think about like the old days and you got the funny stories when like, you know, uh, the paper files and, and, and just, just the grind that we went through and it, it's a good laugh, but that's, that's probably, you know, the, the thing that I have to appreciate more of how far we come and it's not easy. If ever it's easy, everybody would be doing it. And that's what I do. And it's, to Justin's point, it's hard to reflect upon stuff because we're always thinking like forward, right? We're always thinking like, how can we get better, right? How can we get more efficient? Like, where are we going with this? Um, and yeah, this past year, we had our best month ever as a company. And like, I don't know if I really truly reflected upon it yet. You know, it's, it's, we, we did it in October. And even the, the whole entire year was, was a successful year for us. And I still haven't really thought about it because like, I knew it was, right? I knew it in my head, but I haven't sat down and like thought about it. Wow. Well, keep this in mind. Next time you have a company party, invite me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love the I love the party. He's, so, the, li- he's the life of it. Yeah, I'm like, sure. Invite me next time. <laughs> let me ask you guys this, because we have a saying around here, <clears throat> which is like, never relax. And this is something that we were, uh, we have it on our, actually our national championship rings when we played at Michigan State. And Matt is one of those guys. Oh, yeah. Never he's, relax. Uh, he's always on to the next one. And I heard an interview by Denzel Washington, and it just blew my mind, but it it, it it had gave me chill bumps. They asked him a question. They said, you know, what's the best movie you ever made? And I was thinking, okay, Training Day. I mean, there's so many yeah. movies he can say. And he said, the next one. Mm-hmm. And I said, ooh, wee. <laughs> like, it just gave me chill bumps. But I bring up that example because you guys seem like – that's your mentality. Yeah. Like, okay, celebrate you know, victories. Yes, great yeah. job. Yeah. Hugs. And on to the next play. I don't right? know if we even did anything besides that. Yeah. Uh, we're like, 
Let's go. I'm sure down to LSU right now. They won the national gym. Next day, they're in there. Like, He's okay, recruiting. We're, recruiting. Hey, we're on. recruiting the next yeah. day. I yeah. remember great. Nick Saban saying that. What are you oh. doing now? So we're going to go recruit tomorrow. All yeah. great players, all great business owners, all great CEOs. They all think the same way. Yeah. 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 You want to get complacent. It's, right. that, it's that common thread. Tom Brady says the same thing. Yeah. What's, your, what's your favorite Super Bowl? The next Excellent. one. Yes. Yeah. I love uh, it. One thing we didn't ask you guys, uh, any good embarrassing stories from when you were kids? I mean, you guys have known each other essentially your entire <laughs> life. I mean, come on. you got to give us something. Good embarrassing story. I mean, something from when you were kids, when you guys got in trouble? I mean, anything? Mm. Uh, what do you got? Yeah. yeah. We got a lot. You got away with a lot. We were lucky. Oh, yeah. We had 10 guys that we grew up playing all our sports together. Yeah. Some of the best I came up in that era. <laughs> yeah, well, that's a great. Uh, yes, I'm like so it's different now. You know yes. what I mean? Like even at the game, I'm coaching. I gotta be like aware. Like all right, yes. I have to ask my sister. <laughs> we're at game, and I'm coaching my yeah, sister. Like, I'm like, are you on? Li- uh, uh, are you on Facebook Live? Or yeah, yeah. Like, Just let me know. Yeah, right. It's a yeah. whole. It's a whole different era. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, maybe we'll table that for the, the next time you guys stop. Okay. Yeah. You can think about, think it, about it. it. It's been a long. It's been I didn't a want to throw him under man. the bus with anything. Yeah. yeah dig, dig back through the old archives of, uh, of your heads and think about it. Uh, we appreciate you guys joining us, Justin to Joseph, Chris Pell from Garden State Home Loans. Uh, thank you so much for your time. We uh, we wish you nothing but continued to. Success and uh, thank keep you. On, keep on grinding. We appreciate it. Thanks, we will. Thanks. Thanks. Happy thank hitters you. right here, Justin. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I love it. I really appreciate it. That was fun. To make sure you never miss an episode of Power Forward, subscribe wherever you find your podcasts and leave us a review. And look for another new episode coming your way two weeks from now, featuring more inspirational stories of success. I'm Justin White. We'll see you next time on Power Forward.